who might be the surprising breakout for the defending champs? Which NFC South tight end is in for a significantly bigger number in 2021? And what player are we taking at the 101 in FFPC Dynasty Startups at the moment? Plus, the returning champion in the FFPC 750 number 7 Dynasty League, Andy Brown, will list off some of his favorite targets and fades in the Dynasty format, dish on Kenny Galladay's stock, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. I can't stand the pressure. I've seen greater men than me. The lesson. Make out of the lesson. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com, with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here's Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. To all the Bunkaholics and Ferreliacs, hey, happy Passover, happy Easter to everybody celebrating this weekend, and welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I want to thank the Quiet Hollers for our theme music tonight. Remember to check out their music, QuietHollers.com. I am, as always, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is indeed the definitive commissioner of fantasy football. He is Farrell Elliott. Farrell, I know that there has been times on this program before where we've dished on movies. I can't remember if we've ever dished on Moneyball, but I was watching Moneyball as I was getting ready for the show tonight, one of my favorite sports movies of all time. What's your favorite? Do you have a favorite sports movie of all time, or or do you have a favorite football movie of all time that, that uh, you know, if you see it on TV or anything like that, you know, you got to watch it till the end? Uh, all of them. Some of them. All of them is an acceptable answer have a difficult time staying true because they're not made for football people. They're not made, you know, they're made for a general audience. And and I thought draft day captured that draft very well while making it entertaining for a general audience. But let's stick with Moneyball. Uh, you know, Michael Lewis is, is a genius and the adaptation of it was, was good. We talked about Brad Pitt. Uh, last week, and here we are speaking about him again. And my favorite scene um, in that movie, and there, there's many, it's when the old scout is sitting at the table, and he says, fellas, what we've got to remember here is that Billy is the boss. We bring him our information, and he makes the decision. And, you know, I thought that was instructive to anyone who doesn't understand the makeup of a professional baseball team, but it was also a perfect definition of what the job of the general manager is about. And that, that movie was just so perfect. And, and, you know, who really, really thought that Philip Seymour Hoffman could pull, pull off playing Art Howe? And he did it yeah. so beautifully. You know, it's, it's just amazing. Yeah, so it's one of my all-time favorites, and, and I might have to join you to say it's my favorite. We have um, we I, I've talked with Dizzle a little bit about this, but Showtime has a new um, drama series, dramatic series coming out about the Showtime Lakers. Uh, Farrell, I didn't even know this was going on, but apparently it comes out shortly. You have John C. Riley playing um, Jerry Boss. You have Adrian Brody playing Pat Riley in this movie. Um, the players are kind of played by unknown actors like Magic Johnson and Kareem. I don't know who those guys are who are playing them. But they're in this movie as well. Bo Burnham, who the uh, Gen X uh, listeners of the show will know as a young comedian, he's actually playing Larry Bird 
in the in the uh, in the uh, in the series as well. Can't wait for that to start on Showtime. That's going to be very interesting to watch. We've delved into baseball. We've delved into film. We've delved into basketball. This is a high-stakes fantasy football hour show. Five minutes in, let's get into football, Farrell. The FFPC main yeah. event early bird is indeed live. You can save $100 on your uh, first main event team before May 31st. You can save $400 off each additional team off that. We have a handful of Dynasty Orphans uh, at, at myffpc.com right now. Those are probably going to go very fast. The Dynasty startups are drafting right now. Don't forget about the Rotoviz. Um, Dynasty Superflex Triflex leagues that we launched today too. Those are filling up. We've actually already filled up several of those, and the the feedback's been really good from players on those. Check those out, myffpc.com/dynasty. You want to get in just for a one year thing, an annual thing? We got best balls starting at five dollars. Don't forget the Football Guys Players Championship: five hundred thousand dollars to first, a hundred thousand dollars to second, and the early bird is live there right now, so you can get a free thirty-five dollar FFPC team. And don't forget. The Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. Yeah, that's right. Farrell's baby. The Run to Daylight competition is live. You can sign up for that. Drafts are going on this month as well as May. You can win $5,000 in that for a $200 entry fee. And don't forget about the Draft Masters available at kffsc.com as well. Thanks to football guys, Draft Sharks, NBC Sport Edge, and Rob for tonight's Fantasy Flash. We're going to kick things off with one of my – you know what's weird? I've never liked Tyler Lockett. I've never said he's one of my favorite fantasy players yet, Farrell. I own him seemingly on every dynasty team I've ever had. I don't know how that happens, but apparently I do like him. The Seahawks definitely like him because they just inked him to a four-year, $70 million contract extension, according to Adam Schefter on Twitter. $37 million guaranteed. That's the big number in this. Uh, So it looks like the Seahawks want to have a Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf pairing at the wide receiver uh, position for the next several years. Lockett's 28 now. In September, he turns 29. 2020 represented his first 100 reception uh, season in his career, but his yards per target and his yards per catch this past season were way down as opposed to where they were over the course of his career. He's been catching a lot of touchdowns. That's where he's been making his uh, fantasy owners happy. Over the last three seasons, he's had 28 touchdowns. Lockett was not very productive in the second half of the 2020 season. And if you remember, that's when Chris Carson got healthy. That's when the Seattle running backs uh, really got, you know, ascended into full form. And Pete Carroll wanted to run, 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 run. Um, Chris Carson, if you remember, was inked to a two-year contract this offseason. They're going to get Rashad Penny back. So, Farrell, my question here, over the last eight weeks in 2020, Lockett was a wide receiver, too, do you expect that to continue opposite DK Metcalf with Pete Carroll seemingly wanting to run the ball? Is he a good buy right now, or is he a guy you want to stay away from? I think he's a good buy. When you show up in some of the classic leagues that I'm playing in, he's still around in the sixth round. And uh, even if he doesn't approach his 100 catches, he brings bargain there. With the, with the big upside, this feeling of frustration is going to be hashed out. They've made the contracts. They've kept the players in there. I don't think any further trades are forthcoming. Draft day might bring some uh, real interest in Seattle, but I don't think so. I think these guys, I think this lineup is set. So to answer your question, Balky, I am buying on Tyler Lockett. I drafted him when I could. He's, he's there available to you in front uh, or uh, behind a lot of guys that don't have his resume. I see no reason um, to sleep on this player when we know the quarterback's going to throw the ball 550 times. Tyler Lockett being drafted in FFPC best ball leagues over the last five days as wide receiver 27 on average at the 702. He is going right after wow. Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase. He is going right before Farrell's favorite guy, Chase Claypool, and of course my favorite guy of two years ago, Tyler Boyd. That's where Lockett is going in drafts right now too. Um, so I think there is some good fantasy value there. I'm with you on that, Farrell. Um, this came out probably, oh, I don't know, maybe two hours ago, two and a half hours ago. Um, not often that we cite the uh, Houston Police Department on Twitter, but we're going to do it tonight. They have officially opened an investigation on Deshaun Watson. Um, there has been 20 civil lawsuits filed against uh, the, the Texans quarterback, and now there is a Jane Doe who has filed an official police report on Watson as well. So now this allows the police department to investigate the allegations and um, will um, obviously um, give some more information to Deshaun Watson's defense attorney, Rusty Hardick. 
the investigation and the civil disputes, this is not going to be a short process. This is going to probably be drawn out. The NFL can, if you remember, they can suspend Deshaun Watson, even if there's no charge, even if there's no plea. Um, there are reports in the NFL that do not, uh, people, the, the pundits in there uh, and, and those in the know don't expect Deshaun Watson to be traded within the le- uh, next few weeks before the, the advent of the NFL draft. But obviously um, that, that's sort of not the primary concern for both Watson and the alleged victims in, in this case. Uh, the Houston Police Department has not gone on the record of commenting on the investigation. The part that we care about and the part that we're going to talk about for fantasy purposes tonight, Farrell, if you do own Deshaun Watson in a dynasty league right now, are you shopping him around? Are you willing to take 70 cents on the dollar, maybe 65 cents on the dollar to get Deshaun Watson off your team for a more stable option for 2021? Or are you willing to ride this out? I think you have to sell and sell as quickly as you can uh, in, in this situation. In, in any other aspect of life, of entertainment, uh, politics, anything in the public eye, um, someone accused of this would already be, uh, what's the current word, bulky canceled? They would already yes. have their opportunity to to continue working, taking away from them. You, in, in this type of thing, um, it seems as if our society you are uh, guilty until you prove your innocence. And it's, I, I don't believe, and the NFL, working closely with the NFLPA, will have to come to some type of uh, decision that both sides can live with because it sets a great precedent here. But I don't believe that this player can start the season and be on the field with these things hanging over him, they're not going away. They're not going away quickly. More of them come all the time. More people are involved all the time. And, you know, every day I hope against hope that this is not true, that this can go away, and, and that this player can return to the field. Um, no one has a crystal ball, but it, I just I just don't see – I just don't see how this is going to uh, end up in football's favor and Deshaun Watson's favor, at least in time for a 2021 season. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I don't own Watson in any dynasty leagues, but at, the, at this and probably because I, I don't value the quarterback position the maybe the way I should or maybe the other the the way that other competitors in my league do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think at this to me it'd be a slam dunk. I mean, if if you're willing to wait on quarterback in either redraft or dynasty leagues and and try to uh, you know fill in the cracks in that position, then to me he's an easy sell. You know, you take what you can for him, you move on, you wash your hands of it and then you don't have to worry about it going forward as far as your dynasty team goes. Um, let's uh, talk about the Buccaneers here. Uh, PewterReport.com had some interesting quotes from Bruce Arians this week. Um, in fact, he said, Arians, that is, says he expects Kishon Vaughn, the second-year running back, uh, to have a, quote, breakout year in 2021. What? Mm-hmm. Leonard Fournette obviously was signed for the uh, – he was signed for a, a one-year deal as a free agent this offseason. Ronald Jones still under contract for Tampa – They played almost 80% of the team's offensive snaps last year. The quote from Arians, those guys are all here and know what the system is and the best players are going to play. Obviously, we have two really, really good ones at that position, and I really like Keyshawn Vaughn. I think that with an offseason, he's going to have a breakout year also. Keyshawn Vaughn had 26 carries for 109 yards and five catches out of 10 targets last year. That's, I mean, I I don't want to say it's a ceiling this year, Farrell, but if Jones and Fournette are healthy, I don't see how you're going to see a breakout year from Kishon Vaughn. He's going to have to be um, a, a, a um, merchant of opportunity here because if if um, if those guys are healthy, I don't see how the Buccaneers can play Vaughn over either one of them. Um, you know, Kishon Vaughn um, they cannot control where and how he enters the league, and he entered the league into what. Uh, some might say his glass is half full, and others will say that, it, that it's half empty. Uh, he is in a situation where he's on a very, very good team with these players surrounding him. Now, the coach is feeding him some words here that, you know, you're not forgotten. And, and yes, uh, subject to injury, he's not going to get the opportunity. And it, it there's... 
Gosh, we could talk about this all night, Paulkey. There's some good things and there's some bad things. The nature of his position and the current state of the NFL means you need to play and you need to play early when you're a running back in this league. Keyshawn had a situation where he transferred back to his hometown in Vanderbilt after he started in Illinois, and uh, now he uh, enters the league. He's 24, I think. Paulkey, you might have to check my math on that. 24 years old, he's still a young player, but when will he get a chance to really contribute? And it would take uh, a situation of uh, him making the best he could out of six to eight touches a game. And uh, you think about, well, if he was somewhere else, what he could be doing. But, you know, if he was somewhere else, he might not be winning Super Bowl rings. So I think he's off the board unless you are uh, handcuffing, if you stacked the, the two other Tampa running backs and you would like to handcuff that situation in the best ball, I can see some legitimacy for Keyshawn Vaughn. But correct me if I'm wrong, Valky, last year he was going in some of the single digits uh, in some of the early drafts based on the, based on the draft height of uh, Keyshawn Vaughn. I'm going to look that part up right now for you, uh, right now, as far as the, uh, the early drafts go. Um, but I can tell you this, Farrell, that uh, Keyshawn Vaughn is 23 right now. However, you're right. He turns 24 in a month. So before his next NFL snap, he will be 24 years old. I want to thank Darren Armani from FantasyMojo.com, who supplies all the best ball, all the, 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 the dynasty, all the, the uh, main event football guys, um, all the ADP we get right from him. And according to Keyshawn Vaughn, or according to him, Keyshawn Vaughn last year at this time um, was was going in the 21st round, but that was like February, that was like March. Um, he did okay. pick up since then, obviously, and and I think he was like a ninth round pick um, when when the hype was was going in his direction. Um, and and we saw um, a lot of people, a lot of smart people, buy into Keyshawn Vaughn at, at a certain point last year. This was obviously before Fournette got released by Jacksonville. Um, and, and I think a lot of that, uh, waned all the, the support right. for Vaughn expectedly waned after that. But yeah, at, at one point he was the number one running back being drafted, uh, off the Tampa Bay Buccaneers by a lot of smart high stakes players. We have Andy Brown coming up in just one minute here before we get to him. I got him on the line right now. Want to go to a question from the chat room. Our good buddy, Jake Belish, um, from the uh, 26ers is in there right now. He wants to know, yeah, Farrell, who is the better dynasty wide receiver right now? Is it Deontay Johnson or is it Chase Claypool? And one of the topics of conversation in the chat room was Chase Claypool's um, uh, bar fight that he was involved in about a week and a half ago or so in Southern California that was caught um, and published on TMZ's website. I don't know if that factors into it or, uh, at all. I know you were a Chase Claypool stan, as the kids say. I know you're a big fan of his. <laughs> Would you rather have Chase Claypool in Dynasty over Deontay Johnson right now? Oh, God, yes. And, you know, if we're going to think of old school football, a bar fight is what we need players to get involved with. Because once you're involved <laughs> with a bar fight and then you have to stand around and talk to the police and now they film it and you're on television and people think you're an idiot and everybody calls you and wants to know what in the hell's wrong with you, you know, that's the kind of thing you need to get involved with. Based on some of the other things that are going in the world, bar fight's not going to hurt anybody except the people involved. And, you know, he'll walk around with that for a while. So I'm, I'm not too worried about that. Chase Claypool is your, um, you know, every 26er knows that. Let's just say. Yes. Oh, yes, they do. Absolutely. This is, this is not a real question. We, we have to ask our questioner to come back next week with the questions. Claypool, come on. I have um, I own Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool in exactly one league, and they're both it's both in the same league. I have both I have them both in the same league, so we'll see how that plays out from from my uh, fantasy uh, standpoint. That literally helps no one, knowing that I own them both in the same league. So we will well, move on to if that. Johnson's gonna, let, if, if Johnson's going to help you, he needs to go into a bar and find a fight if he's going to. That's what Pittsburgh listen, fans expect. This is what Steelers fans expect. Let's. Here's what we need to do. I, I think we, um, we, we lure him to Louisville. We lure him to Northeast mm-hmm. Wisconsin. And then you mm-hmm. and I get ourselves decked out in a bunch of Ravens gear and tell him how much he sucks. And, and we'll see what <laughs> happens from there. 
in the bar, and maybe that will toughen up Deontay Johnson and uh, make him a much more valuable dynasty asset. Speaking of dynasty assets, let's get into our dynasty asset on the show tonight, ladies and gentlemen. want to bring on our guest right now. He's been playing fantasy football for more than two decades. Six years of those 20-plus years have been at the high-stakes level, and he joined the FFPC last year. Now, in that one year alone, he got the FFPC main event regular season sweep in not one but two leagues and cashed in two dynasty leagues as well, including becoming the champion of the 750 number seven league. He joins us tonight to tell us why 2021 could be an even more successful year for him. Please welcome onto the show, Andy Brown. Andy, thank you so much for joining us tonight, man. Hey, Eric, thank you. It's great to be on. Great to talk uh, dynasty football. I mean, what else to do on a Friday night? Yeah, well, this is, this, in April. this is what we do every yeah, exactly. I mean, this is what we do every Friday night, and we're, we're what is it, four weeks away from the NFL draft when um, the Dynasty talk is really going to pick up. We're going to pick your brain big time on, on Dynasty assets. We'll get into some rookie talk a, a little bit tonight. I do. Before we start, I, I want to get into a little bit of how you started playing fantasy football because you've been doing it for a very long time, and, and you basically started out at the time when you were – knee high to a bumblebee i mean it was uh it, you were a very young lad when you started picking up the copy wasn't it yeah eric it was just something about numbers you know and this is back in the analog days you know i just turned 40 so i started when i was about 10 years old and running i was the commissioner yeah. of a, a baseball league right and it was just honestly though it was a small league small stakes no money my brother my cousins and then every monday i'd go over to the store pick up baseball weekly uh, look at the stats for the week, look at our rosters, and, and then I would manually update the standings and do that all year long. And, you know, baseball with 162 games and a long season, it's a lot of commitment. But So I don't know what I was doing. It kind of started from there. Next thing I know, in middle school, I was helping my teachers. I don't know if you remember back in the early 90s, USA Today had this mail-in contest, and you could pick baseball oh, yeah. mm-hmm. players. And so I was, help, help, I was helping them pick Ken Griffey Jr. And by high school, I was running the local ESPN leagues. Uh, with maybe some teachers involved, but definitely some friends, you know. Uh, took a little hiatus from that, and then, like I said, about six years, jumped back into it. Uh, was mostly doing the public, uh, no dynasties, public on ESPN and Yahoo. Uh, jumped into some Yahoo Pro Leagues. It's a really clunky site. And finally, after a couple years, I'm like, there's got to be something else out there. And little did I know, FFPC had been out there for a while. Uh, saw some reviews and kind of put my toe in the water last year gave up all the other sites, and now this year uh, I'm all in. So we're, we're looking forward to uh, 2021. That's the way to do it, Andy. You know a good thing when you see it, and you've built that. You know, I, I love uh, Chris Lambert at the FFPC, so any chance I can talk to Chris is good. So get Chris on the phone. How many teams does Andy Brown have? How many dynasty leagues is he in? She comes back with the answer. 74. Now, I said that's got to be a mistake because 74, how do you run? How do you manage so many of these teams? Now, I've never played Dynasty. I'm taking my first effort at it uh, this spring, and, and I, I am, you know, I get a little intimidated when I start hearing, you know, your story and how, how long you've played this. But what I was thinking about from a management standpoint, Lee, is it actually easier to manage a dynasty team because you are in business with your players. You've got your guys. You know that you, who you're going to consider dropping from your roster and working free agency. Uh, can you can you give me some idea about how that differs from redrafts and how you can, besides that, how you can just make 74 teams work? Yeah, so, Farrell, we'll see. I mean, uh, to be honest, last year I ran about 30 teams total, and it was about a 50-50 split with redraft because that was my comfort zone in Dynasty. And then in the offseason right. I kind of sat down and thought about it. And I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm going to go like 90-10 now. I'm going to, yeah. you know, outside of some of the, the, the main events, I'm going Dynasty. And I just don't do some of the things I used to do, I, unfortunately, or what, however you look at it. March Madness, I don't really pay attention to, right, because now i got mm-hmm. uh, draft season right now, and I'm all, i got rookie fever all over the place. So, um, I don't have any co-owners. You'll see a lot of that right now. But to be honest, I'm in uncharted waters managing this many teams. I mean, I only had like 20 teams until about a month and a half ago. And then Dynasty Depot comes out, 
and all of a sudden people were dropping all these value teams, you know, and, and I was doing good. I wasn't picking up any teams because I was saying I'm never going to play the $77 entry, whatever. That was just my personal choice. So I didn't even look mm-hmm. at them. And the next thing I know, I started looking at them, and I got 30 teams of $77 entries. There <laughs> you go. I'm, I'm in there. there I'm go. in there, and it's got, it's got the, the super flex. I got a team with Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, and the team stack. So how do I manage it? I'm only looking for quality teams that don't need a lot of effort. Like, I can only take on yep. so many rebuilds. And, and so that's that's my plan. So we'll see. I made it through cut season, and that and that is a season in itself on FFPC, getting down to the 16th, especially in Superflex, which is kind of my preferred format, when you're trying to keep those quarterbacks and not put them back out there. Because on the waiver wire, you can spend a whole lot of your budget trying to get one back. So it's a real kind of dilemma. I think I find it harder there than in the uh, standard leagues of getting down to that 16. Um, so we'll see. I, I think – uh, I'm confident I can do it, but we're actually going to be in uncharted water. So check back in with you next year, and I may be down selected closer to that 30, 40 range where I was used to in the past. No, well, triple I'm digits in your future, Mr. Andy Brown. Triple digits. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, no you're right. It, and it's going to happen. And if it, listen, if it wasn't for, for those brave souls venturing into uncharted waters, America never would have been founded by uh, Christopher <laughs> Columbus. So, so there's something to be said for that as well. Um, we, Andy, we, we do have a question right away from the chat tonight. Jake Valiche wants to know, in a startup dynasty draft, what side would you rather have? Would you rather have the 310 in a startup draft, or would you rather flip that for the 406 and get a 2022 rookie round, a rookie draft second round pick? Which side would you rather have, the 310 or the 406 in a 2022 second? Yeah, so if you're talking, uh, you know, difference between standard and super flex, I think super flex, you're, you're probably going to want the 310. There's better value there. But in the in the standard, I, I've done four startups this year. I'm just I'm, I finished a couple, two and two actually. And I think when you're doing the standard, you kind of you want that earlier pick because there's there's a whole lot going on at 310, and it kind of the the tiers are a little bit quicker, right? You know, you've got the T Higgins of the world and stuff, and I'd rather have T Higgins at 310 as opposed to a guy mid fourth and I made a big jump today. You know, we're in a league with some a lot of, I guess, committed players in FFPC, and I was at the 304, so so not quite. And I would have had a similar chance. And I saw Waller go at the two, 209. And for me, it's a tell. If I see Waller come off the board, I'm jumping up and going after Pitts. Like I got the biggest rookie fever over Kyle Pitts, and and I'm mm-hmm. sitting there trying to figure out how do I get Pitts because he's not going to make it to the 304. These guys are sharp. And I open up my box, and all of a sudden I see a trade offer from the 210. Uh, it wasn't for a rookie pick. It was for a move back in the draft. I hit instant accept, and, and now I got Kyle Pitts to go earlier with, you know, uh, I'm, I'm willing to trade up more. Like, everybody wants to trade back right now. And so I'm going to go a little counterflow. And so stacking with Kyle Pitts, I had the second, the 102 and 104, and luckily got uh, McCaffrey at the 102, and then, and then went out kind of on a limb, on a reach, at the 104 for Cam Akers. So that, that may, I don't know if that was a bit much, but that's kind of where I'm sitting right now. I'd want to go uh, a little bit early super flex, uh, but I want to be earlier than that in standard, so I, I'm okay with a fallback at 310. Yeah, you know, when everybody mm. wants to trade back and build up on their depth, sometimes there is something to be said for the studs and scrubs approach. And uh, and certainly when you can um, load up with those, uh, those front-end players, the elite guys, and, and, and trade up and get those – there is a, a, a lot of uh, history that says that you're going to be very successful in those leagues by doing that, Andy. Hey, Farrell, real quick, how do you fall in on that? If somebody offered you um, the, uh, the, the 406 and a uh, 2022 second rounder, would you give up the 310 and the dynasty startup for it? Yeah, I'm an Andy Brown disciple uh, already, you know, three <laughs> questions in. I am, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm following him on Twitter. I'm, I'm, I'm wearing a brown T-shirt. I'm, uh, I've got, I'm there. So, you know, Andy Brown spoke, and so that's what I'm doing. But, yeah, I, the, the talent that is going to play right away, your C.D. Lambs from last year and your receivers this year, I love the – I love the top five. Maybe we'll try to break them down later in the show. But so I'm going to move up. I, I want to get in, and I'm I'm all with you. I saw on these various platforms, uh, guys, of, of talking about uh, uh, Kyle Pitts, 
the I saw uh, someone had, had posted something. What lab did this guy come from? And really, yeah. he just looks like the absolute perfectly designed uh, uh, tight end uh, for the National Football League. And I, I, I wish him. He, he's a player. He's a player coming to the league at a time when his skill set is highly valued and it's what every other team wants. So uh, I, I'm with you, Andy. You've got a player there for a, for a long time as you approach your 1,000 dynasty teams. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you look at FFPC with the tight end premium, and people are still paying up early second for Travis Kelsey. And I, and I know it's, yeah. you don't want to say it about rookies that they're going to be like the best in the business, but Travis Kelsey's coming on 32, and in dynasty age, you get aged out real quick. And so mm-hmm. if, if it hits, if you can hit with pits and at a position that you could have a decade, I mean, that's, that's like a quarterback in super flex. It, it's, it's incredible. So it's, I don't know. I, obviously I put my money down where I wanted to play. We'll see how hopefully it works out. We will see. And, and, and you obviously had a lot of success in the 750 number seven last year. I want to get into some of the players and Farrell and Larry and ask you some questions and some of the players you're invested in, in your dynasty leagues going forward right now. One of them is Raheem Mostert. Now I know he was hurt last year. He missed some games. He did finish 46th overall at the running back position. He's not exactly a young man as far as the running back position uh, is concerned, but Andy, why do you think that he's a good dynasty asset to have on your team going forward at this point. Yeah, Aaron, so, I mean, he fits kind of what you need him for. So I'll say I targeted him a little bit last year because if you remember this time last year, he was talking about holding out for the contract, and everybody was like, hey, San Francisco's by committee, and people were down on him, and so I thought he had decent value. It didn't work out. He had flashes last year, but then some injuries, and, and if you invested in him last year, it really it wasn't worth it. Um, and so I, I kind of told you a lot of these teams I picked up as orphans this year. And so I think most are just happened to land on those teams. I, I'm not really targeting now. I think where he's at, though, he's fallen a little bit. When you're, if you've got some good running backs you can target early, he's a guy that still has upside. He can come in for a couple of weeks and give you some points and maybe even in the playoffs, you know, because I think San Francisco, they're committed to the run. That They potentially – they've already committed now to a new quarterback. So there's some – opportunity there but it's balanced by Jeff Wilson and then you got his injury history so he's got a really far range as you mentioned on fantasy mojo of how he's shaking out I mean he's all the way been up from a third round pick to a 12th round pick this year in dynasty <laughs> and then he's kind of fallen fallen in the middle there at 904 and I, so I'm more comfortable if I can get him at the 10th round I think he's a great RB4 RB3 to supplement and fill in maybe mm-hmm. for some injury insurance but I, I wouldn't right now as I wouldn't go up and you know, try to try to get ahead of the crowd on that one. I think you can uh, – there's enough sentiment out there. You can kind of let him fall to you a little bit later. He's one of my favorite players in the draft. I uh, Last year, there was talk, as this player made the move to the Atlanta Falcons, of what Hayden Hurst could become. And, and I never really bought it because it's been a long time since we've seen a Falcons tight end do anything. I said 60 catches. 600 yards, six touchdowns, and we ended up with uh, close to that. So, you know, Julio Jones is on the downside of his career. Some different things are going on with this team. Uh, Hayden Hurst, 27 years old, which now I will look at that as, as a dynasty player. You know, I, I will look at how old these guys are all the time. Hayden Hurst, uh, <laughs> is he a buy for you in the dynasty world? No, I think you laid it out fair already. He, 2021 is going to look like 2020 for me. And so he's in that big group that you have between tight end eight and tight end 16. And you can kind of flip a coin and you can take any of them. So I don't want to pay up for Hurst. I mean, you even see in some mocks that mock drafts of Kyle Pitts going to Atlanta. I mean, that would crater Hayden Hurst in my opinion. I'm I'm not saying, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but if it's out there, I think Julio and the rest of the team, maybe even a running back they draft, is going to pick up. I mean, I don't mind Hayden Hurst. Again, if you are if you went early on some strong positions, you were chasing DK Metcalf or some other strong assets, he can round you out later. Um, but you're, I hope you can do I'm, – I'm going to prioritize tight end early as possible. I'm trying to get Kelsey. I'm trying to get Kittle, or I'm trying to get Pitts or Waller. And then I'll let everybody fight over the rest. 
we're talking with Andy Brown, the 750 number seven uh, FFPC Dynasty champ last year. Picked up a ton of FFPC Dynasty leagues this year, and uh, we may end up having him back on the show this time next year to talk about all of his success <laughs> in uh, in 2021. Time will tell on that. Uh, let me ask you, Andy. Um, this is one. So there was a lot of leagues last year. Not to brag. Uh, but I had a lot of late first round dynasty picks last year. Um, and I ended up, I didn't necessarily target T Higgins, but I did get him on a bunch of my teams. And uh, you look at his startup ADP right now in FFPC leagues, it's wide receiver 11 and it's at the end of the third round. How close does that ADP, you know, sort of at that three, four startup turn, how close does that represent the way you value T Higgins in dynasty startup drafts? Well, Eric, I'm jealous that you targeted him last year because I was a complete fade. And so now I've had to overcorrect. And in the orphans and dynasties I picked up this spring, I'm looking for T. Higgins, and I've done four startups. Um, one hasn't got that far to where T. Higgins will come off the board yet. But in the other three, I've got T. Higgins on all three teams. And in the standard, I got him at the 401 and super flex 503, 508. So I'm, maybe I'm overcorrecting, but I'm all in on T. Higgins. I love the setup. I love Joe Burrow sitting there in Cincinnati and the growth, and you're matched with that quarterback. You, know, you don't have the turbulence, and a lot of people are in on Justin Jefferson. Why not, right? But Kirk Cousins is still – I'd rather have the Joe Burrow situation, and I know he's coming off the ACL and there's some doubt, and that's helped. I had an offer this offseason wanting me to give up T. Higgins in a first for DeAndre Hopkins, and, my, and for me at a startup, I'm taking Higgins over Hopkins right now. I know that may be just a little bit out there, but he's 21 years old. You know, he was a hit, and I think he's going to do even better. Now, the question is, then, as it falls out, there's this cascade this year with all the rookie-wide receivers where now, where before, a couple of years ago, rookie-wide receivers were a real question mark. With Jefferson, Ayuk, Higgins, everyone's like, let's get all the rookie-wide receivers because they're all going to hit. And I think, you know, if you can find someone who isn't completely in on Higgins, I'd try to snatch him up. And, Eric, if you had him and you were willing to trade, maybe we could work something out. <laughs> no, yeah, no, yeah, for, for sure. Like, if I find you in any of my leagues, I, I, I pre- pretty much my dynasty experience is in over in KFFSC um, with with Farrell's Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship, and then some private leagues. But listen, if if you and I ever find ourselves in the same league, yeah, I'm. It's not that I target him. It, it was just one of those things like, oh, Higgins is there again. I'll grab him, you know, because I didn't hate him, but I didn't yeah. love him. But you know, it, it was one of those. Yeah, guys. Okay. you know those guys. <laughs> And so, I mean, what a, what a, you know, what a, how did it work out for you? Because, you know, last year in a startup, he's like round 11. And now you've gained well, seven rounds okay. of equity. Uh, you, okay, so, you, here's, you know. so here's the issue with, with Higgins is, is like a lot of them I, I took in rookie drafts, right? And so when I take him in rookie drafts and I was drafting at the end of the first round, I pretty much had like pretty good receivers in front of him. So the only time I really played him was when um, I had bye week issues or injury issues, right? And by the time he really yeah, established yeah. himself, then Burrow was hurt, you know, and, and then I, I, I wasn't really playing him at all. So a lot of his great games last year, Andy, he was on my bench, you know, and it, it was unfortunate. Yeah. But, you know, I'm expecting bigger things from him this year. Yeah, me too. Well, Andy, this 21-year-old was on no one's bench during the year. I never saw him. And there, I never saw a team that had this player that didn't put him in the lineup. And, and it was with mixed results. And Clyde edwards Hilaire. And here's a guy that you know, 800 yards rushing, sub-200 carries, uh, caught some passes. That's kind of what I expected. But there was a lot of heat on this player early. Have people cooled off on him? Is this a guy that – that you would look to acquire the Chiefs have said, have said so long to Damian Williams and, and you know, I see tremendous skills at a very young age for this player. Yeah, so I, I agree with you. I, I, I guess I'm, you know, on the repeat button. I'm trying to collect all these players up like the young guys. But I live in the Kansas City area right now, so you cannot get away from the Chiefs mania here. So I'm trying to, you know, tamp that down and not be not be too swayed by the locals here. But I think uh, Edward Solaire, obviously, who else do you want to be set up with besides Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes, and Andy Reid? And so that set up last year, I think it was a surprise how little he was involved in the passing game. I think uh, that should change this year. And so that was a lot of PPR points left on the table. I think he showed a lot of toughness. When you saw him get hurt late in the year, 
I thought his season was over. It was a gruesome-looking injury on the goal line. Um, and for people that drafted him, that was just kind of like the last straw. But he came back. He played in the Super Bowl. Um, and so I'm targeting, but, it, you know, you still have, because he's so fresh and he has that and dynasty, the age on his side, it's hard to get him at a good value. I just dr- picked him up in a super flex at 410, which is RB, which was RB18 for that draft. His ADP is RB15. I think it's, it's a really good value there as opposed to a Miles sure. Sanders or some of the other guys that have questions. And so it's really just going to depend on your league. So in a startup, I'm targeting, but I'm not, I'm not going early. I want them to fall to ADP or maybe, maybe one or two paths and then see how it goes from there. Cool. Andy, um, let, let's uh, talk tight ends because this is an FFPC podcast. And, and obviously with the FFPC tight end premium, we always like to bring that involved uh, in, in our questioning. TJ Hawkinson, what a difference a year makes, you know, last year, he was coming into the uh, 2020 season with Matthew Stafford at his quarterback. He had Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay um, on the uh, perimeter catching passes for Detroit. Radically different this year. Now he gets Jared Goff under center. He gets Brashad Perriman and Tyrell Williams on the outside. How much different do you value TJ Hawkinson in 2021 as opposed to 2020, given this radical change for his supporting cast? Yeah, so, again, I, I think he's a fade, and I'm okay with him more in redraft, right? But, I mean, in Dynasty. In Dynasty, he's an absolute hold because, you know, Jared Goff's not the long-term plan. But if you read back the names you just mentioned, you know, Perryman, Tyrod Williams, Jared Goff, to me that sounds like a lullaby, like you're trying to put your kids to bed. That ain't exciting nobody, and not, it's not lifting the boats of the rest of the offense. Now, you still have DeAndre Swift. you got Jamal Williams. So I think they're going to rely on the run. And, and Hawkinson had a lot of steady gains. Helped me a lot in my in my main events on the uh, redraft aspect uh, because I waited on tight end. But I would prefer this year with with kind of the unknowns to get. Like I said, I, I kind of gave up my, my side of the story early. I'm going tight ends early, so I want one of the top four, whether it's Kittle, Waller, uh, you know, Kelsey or or Kyle Pitts, which I'm already putting up there. Um, and so if Hawkinson falls, you take him, but. I want to be in a better position uh, than, than what he's facing with potentially a really, you know, downtrodden offense in Detroit. We'll see how the draft shakes out. Maybe they'll bring something together, but they got Jared Goff for a reason. It's because the Rams didn't want him. That's, that's true. <laughs> that's definitely true. Hey, a question I'm following up with the tight ends. Do you move Andrews in as a clear five, or are some of the younger guys knocking on his door as well? Yeah, I, I do, Farrell, because, you know, earlier, I mean, basically what you've got right now in redraft is Andrews and Pitts have kind of flipped spots, at least for the early draft. So you have these two real seasons of drafts. You've got well, three, if you count before the NFL draft and after. And then you got, if I'm not in those, I'm going to wait until September uh, for the redraft, like the week before the season. I want all the information I can get. I don't want to make so many guesses this far out about who's going to be injured preseason you know, last year with COVID, mm-hmm. as he went through that, it was an absolute mess trying to figure that stuff out. So I wanted to wait and be patient. Um, but for Andrews, you know, you like the connection he has with Lamar Jackson. I had a lot of Andrews share last year because I kind of targeted tight end last year as well. And every time on red zone, when I watched one go through his hands in the end zone, it, it was really frustrating Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> on a personal level because I'm like, I got so many shares of Andrews. So I have a little bit of heartburn mm-hmm. there. Um, but, but yeah, I, I move them out of Andrews right now, and especially in dynasty, a difficult year for that player. Here's something that, and this is a question that I've had. I had a, I had a player come up to me and he said, I was confused about which player I wanted from San Francisco in the draft in 2020. He says, Ayuk or Samuel. And, and really to me, it, it's very, very difficult to separate these two players because to me they do the same things. They're they're mirror images of each other. Uh, Ayuk had a wonderful season. Samuel numbers didn't really um, it didn't really compare. However, both players to me have unlimited ceilings. Now the kid out of Alabama, not Smith but Waddle, they compare him to these players. You mentioned about receivers and, and all these great young receivers that are coming into the league for dynasty purposes right now. Can you separate these two 49er receivers, or, or do they go so closely in a dynasty draft that, that in a startup at least you would probably never get both of them on your team? No, I think the reaction from the crowd, Farrell, has been pretty uh, substantial and rapid. So you're right. Like last year, 
Debo Samuel was, you know, the hot ticket, and T. Higgins and Ayuk were both fades from a lot of people. You know, it was a question uh-huh. of why did San Francisco even trade up to get this guy? And he, he way outperformed, and part of that was because Debo wasn't there. But if you look at recent ADP, as you mentioned for Fantasy Mojo, Ayuk's wide receiver 19 and Debo's wide receiver 39. So it, it's a huge wow. cliff between the two. At least yeah. the community says they're all in Ayuk. And I think for an owner, I probably want some of the other players right around where you're getting Ayuk. But if you get a choice, you want Ayuk because he's more valuable valuable to you to either swap for a pick later or, or, or hold on to. Because maybe Samuel doesn't get over his injury history. And Ayuk didn't have that problem last year. He played with some bad quarterbacks. And if, if uh, San Francisco gets Justin Fields or whoever and it works out, I mean, you're talking, like you said, I think both could be off to the races and have not quite a Julio and, and Ridley uh, combo there, but there's enough room out there. And then the, I guess the question then becomes, how, does, how do you spread it out with Kittle? Because as great as he is and young as he is, there was even times to where they wouldn't prioritize getting him the ball. And if you're taking Kittle in early in round two for a tight end, right, like that's not, that's not what you're looking for. So Kyle no. Shanahan's always kind of a variable to figure out because he's going to split it up running back-wise. He's going to give fullbacks touchdowns, which is like the worst play in fantasy, right? So, uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm just I, – I have a little he bit sure of a with some of Kyle Shanahan's stuff. So, that's another risk you just want to factor in when you're talking to San Francisco wide receivers. Uh, we, we are desperately running out of time with uh, Andy Brown here tonight. So I, I'm only going to ask, uh, we'll do one email from the listeners tonight because they're already taking some questions from the chat. Andy, this email comes from Jeff in New York. He writes, what are your feelings, dynasty and redraft, for Kenny Galladay now that he's with the Giants and Daniel Jones and not the Lions and Matthew Stafford like in 2020? Congrats on the dynasty win. That is Jeff in New York. Jeff, thank you for the email. Andy, your thoughts on Kenny Galladay now as a giant for dynasty purposes. You can give some redraft analysis on this as well if you'd like. Yes, I'm willing to go out there. I have. I mean, I had an offer I thought was fair uh, just a couple of days ago of a, a 2022 rookie pick first round for Galladay straight up, and I took it because this was right when still free agency was going on and he wasn't landing on a team, and there was doubts of whether he was going to even contract and and I, I kind of went in for it. So I've, I've went in on Galladay. I'm not selling Galladay. It's hard to get return value on what he could outperform. Obviously, Daniel Jones is kind of the question mark. Everybody uh, on the Superflex side has him as a sleeper. This is going to be his breakout. Can Saquon's healthy again. Um, I, I think there's, there's still more to come there. You've got a pretty okay division there to make, uh, you know, some wide receiver points on. Dallas may address their secondary in the draft, et cetera, but, I'm in on Galladay. I'm, again, I'm not trying to go ahead. I'm not fighting the crowd to get him because he's, he's at a pretty reasonable ADP. And really, roster construction-wise, I think he's got to look at where you sit strength running back wide receiver-wise and then figure out if he's a good fit for you. If he's a good fit, I, I don't think he's a, a player to avoid by any means where we stand right now. Man, we talked about a lot of good players tonight. I want to – and I'm going to remember, Andy, everything you've had to say about him. I go into my <laughs> – I go into my maiden uh, draft year of the league, a dynasty league coming up. Who is the player I should acquire? And who is one player that we haven't talked about that, that I should stay away from in the draft? Or if, if, if I had had this player on a roster that you would do anything you could to get him off that roster. Just somebody that you're ready to, to sell some player that you would, would never draft if you were working a startup. Wow. I don't know about the never draft there. I don't know about that. Never say never. Otherwise I wouldn't ended up with 74 dynasty teams. Right. Uh, <laughs> guys I'm on the, on the rookie side, I'm not going after right now. We'll see if I regret it as Zach Wilson, especially on the super flex. It gets a little more press there. You know, he, if he goes to the jets at one Oh two, that's going to create a lot. I, I'm not a buyer on Zach Wilson. I'd rather have Lawrence fields, um, or one of the skill positions. I already kind of told you where I stand on Kyle Pitt. As far as veterans go, a guy I'd be trying to move or I'm not really – I'm not drafting is uh, Austin Eckler. And he was a PPR darling, a league winner a couple of years ago, and, and that, that has not faded yet. He's getting up there in age, but he's got a great cast with Herbert, so he's still at a strong ADP. But I, I'm not going to draft him, even if he falls at a reasonable spot. Um, and then who I'm going after, I said rookie-wise, I think you, I think you need to – if you're in a tight end premium, you need to get after Kyle Pitts. It's, it's, it's great when 
the conversation is you're concerned about him being labeled a wide receiver, which kind of already means he's a cheat code, in my opinion. And then running back-wise, you know, people look at the last four weeks of the year and try to pick those rookie running backs who I would get at a decent ADP. You still got to pay up for it is Cam Akers because he's not getting the press that Jonathan Taylor is or even DeAndre yeah. Swift. And I already told you how I feel about the Lions. I think uh, the Rams have shown they're willing to let a running back take off. They held him back for 13 weeks. And uh, Cam Akers is, is going to be, I think, a, a huge player. And he's got the youth, if you're in a dynasty, to build, build your team around. Andy Brown is a great guy to build a podcast around. We found that out tonight talking <laughs> Dynasty Fantasy Football with him for the last 40-plus minutes. Andy, it was uh, such a treasure to have you on tonight to pick your brain. Uh, we are going to let you go now because undoubtedly, after people listening to this podcast, you probably have another you know, five to six dozen trade offers in your email box right now, and I, I want to let you answer those, no, no doubt. Well, Congratulations on your success last year. Uh, good luck in all of your uh, dynasty leagues this year. We're uh, probably, like I said, about five weeks away from rookie drafts and, and four weeks away from the NFL draft. It's going to be a fun time. I know you're going to have a ton of fun with all the leagues you're in. Thank you so much for carving out a little time for our show tonight. Yeah, no, thank you. It was a blast, and now I know what I'm doing on Friday night. So it was a great show, and uh, best of luck to you guys in the season. Thank, thank you, you so much, Andy. We'll talk to you again real soon, dude. Be good, all right? Happy, uh, Have a great holiday weekend, man. All right, thanks. You too. Take care. Andy Brown, ladies and gentlemen, joining the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour tonight. A guy, Farrell, who, you know, you talk about expanding your territory. This is a dude who was in, yep. you know, a handful of High Stakes Dynasty Leagues that, this year, and, and he's expanded his territory to, I don't even know what, what, what the comparison is, Charlemagne, Alexander the Great, over, over the, the course of the, the last four or five months. It's insane how many, how many Dynasty Leagues He's gotten in, but he's got a level head on his shoulders. Um, and, and this is something that I think has come up time and time again. We've had these dynasty players on our show. They, they have the clarity of knowing who they like, who they don't like. They, they have the clarity of knowing what price they have set in their mind, at, in valuations in their mind of certain players. They know what they're willing to give up for them. They know what they're willing to give them up for mm-hmm. and, and I think that's what the, at the forefront in Andy Brown's mind. And I think when you're managing one dynasty league or 100, that's the attitude you have to have. Right. Exactly. He, you, you've got it right. It doesn't matter how many teams he has. He's all in and he's invested. And this is, this is the life and the hobby and, and the lifestyle that he has, has chosen. And you can tell uh, in his voice and in his excitement for it, that he is very passionate about it, and that's an in- infectious passion. I-, I want to, I want to join a live league as soon as we get off off the phone and draft, and and, and see where I can line up with getting Kyle Pitts. You know, and he's the type guy, and it might be a big task for me because it seems like Dynasty is very, very much where his interest lies, and, and we don't have much of that in Kentucky. But he's the kind of guy you want to get in the room because he makes it whoever he talks to is going to enjoy their involvement in fantasy football much more. You know, they're going to say, wow, I'm I'm competing against this guy. This would be a great guy to beat. This would be, you know, it's just really – is he, he's really the right kind of guy that, that you say that, uh, wow, I, I'm glad he's here. So I've got to get to work on getting him over here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, hey, one of the things that has been going on in the chat tonight, uh, which we've had a very lively one, um, it has been Good. the, um, the uh, Dynasty Rookie Draft um, ADP. And um, we're, Kyle Pitts obviously dominated conversation tonight when, when you consider tight end premium leagues and how good he was at his pro day. And then and Dizzle and I were talking about this, and, and Dizzle sent me um, his measurables that he had, which were, I mean, really legendary as far as pro days go. Mm-hmm. And then I sent him the, the quote from Kyle Pitts saying that he believes that he's going to be one of the best ever to play the tight end position in the NFL. So he's got the attitude. He's got the chops. He's got the skills. Pro day, he's got the film. He's got it all. When you consider that he has, you know, and Lance Service, by the way, former guest of this show, took him as like the third or fourth tight end off the board in the first FFPC redraft best balls of the year. You consider where he could go in rookie drafts, Farrell, 
if you were drafting at a tight end premium, how much would you consider him at the 101? Uh, you know, could he go that high? Is he that good of a player in your mind? Or when it comes down to it, would you rather go with, you know, running back or receiver or somebody else there instead of Pitts, even knowing it's tight end premium? Mm, he could be a legendary player at the position. Now, he looks like Waller. Uh, and, and Waller came in. Waller came into a player uh, as being the type player he is later in life. He had to get some things straightened out. This player's had the advantage of being a Florida Gator and being raised in that culture and and all the advantages that go to that. You can tell he's made the best of the weight room. He's not, you know, that guy that said, what kind of lab do we make this guy in? I know what lab he was made in. He was made in the weight room and the training table at the, at the University of Florida. You know, and, and this kid's worked hard to be this way and to be in this situation. So, yeah, why not? And, you know, when it comes to Dynasty, I don't know what the hell I'm doing anyway, but I can <laughs> I can take Pitts. You know, I can take Pitts and say, you know, Brown really endorsed this. I'm taking Pitts. And I'm drafting. Somehow I ended up at the end where it seems like I always end up. I have the seventh pick. And so I'm not getting to Pitts. You know, that, that won't happen to me. Maybe I'll get uh, – you know, you talked about the Ram running back. Maybe I can get him down there. I don't know. But it's – it's. Um, I can tell that playing Dynasty Ball is going to increase my enjoyment of uh, of the redrafts. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's very good. But, yeah, it, it uh, number one, uh, I don't know. I, I haven't looked at it. I'm not playing enough to know it. But, yeah, I would take Pitts. Why not? And, and, and that goes into Russ, Russ in Reedsville, North Carolina. He wrote this. Um, if you have the 101 in a dynasty startup right now, who are you taking? Thank you, gentlemen, and I appreciate that, Russ. And, and it, okay, so that, this is not rookie draft that he's talking about. I obviously would not, and Farrell, you wouldn't either. You wouldn't take Kyle Pitts in the one, at the 101 of a startup dynasty draft. But there are several options that, that – um, so I just um, talked to Andy well, Brown, so I might. <laughs> I just talked to Andy Brown. So. Well, that's uh, listen. I, I, I'd have to call to... Andy Brown. I'm going to call Andy Brown to find out what I listened to. Can I phone a friend to get the answer to this? Is what yeah, we'll, we'll give it. Yeah, if you want to do a 50 50, Farrell, you can ask the uh, the chat room here and um, we, mm-hmm. we can pull them. It will do it all. I'll, I'll be a Regis. I would, the chat room still trying right. to figure out Claypool, for God's sakes. Why would I want to ask them <laughs> anything? 26 is in there. Uh, you know, they're having a bad night over there. Hudson Kern Reeve hasn't been quoted. If he's not there, you know, it's not a real He's there. Player. Oh, he's there. Yeah, he's uh, – Oh, well, sure then, that, you know, he needs that, to ask a question. You know, Hudson's like – he's like the guy, like, it, you know, you think about those morning talk shows in the 90s um, where they had, you know, they, you know, Phil Donahue or Sally Jesse Raphael or whoever it is. They always had the roving – not the roving reporter, but they had somebody who worked for the show who was holding the microphone to all the questions of the audience. Kern Reeve is the guy who does that in our chat room because he makes sure if there is a question yeah. asked in there, he's going to make sure that the guest or you or me or whoever hears that uh, question and, and it gets answered on the show tonight. Just for, for, I, uh, I, that's, for that's, I, would, I appreciate you clarifying that because I was never up in the mornings in the 90s. So I, oh, you, you know, I, I didn't know that kind of, I didn't know that service, I didn't know that kind of thing existed. But, okay. oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, okay, we'll give you a pass on that one. What we will not give you a pass on is this Dynasty Startup 101. If you look at Fantasy Mojo and you look at the last 16 uh, startup drafts with the FFPC as far as Dynasty goes, on average, the first seven players have all been running backs. And we'll just focus on the top three because I know Dynasty Depot just had a big um, uh, startup uh, Dynasty draft that they've been publishing the, the results on Twitter. And the 101 in that draft was Jonathan Taylor. Now, for me... I totally get it. I can see why he'd be the 101 in a dynasty startup. Um, Here's what's interesting, and and I don't get it. The 103, on average, is Saquon Barkley. Farrell, I don't know about Mm -hmm. you, but I am still still very skittish about his knee injury from last year, and I would not be taking him if I had the third pick of a dynasty startup. Dalvin Cook's going after him. I'd probably rather have him. Alvin Kamara, eh, I don't know. And then you have Cam Akers, you have DeAndre Swift after that. But I'd rather have Taylor. And, and to me, like, and I know he had the injury issues last year. I have a dynasty start of one-on-one. I'm still taking Christian McCaffrey. That could be wrong. That's still the way I feel, and that's the way I would go. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I want to see Barkley do it for another year. 
I, I, I just there seems to be a cloud, a a, a pall of uh, disappointment over this player's career, and uh, you know I'm not sure I'm a buyer there. Uh, I like all the other names going around him much better. Um, one, let's get to one more email here before we call it quits tonight. Who do I want to go to here? Um, <laughs> all right, let's do this because we kind of talked, um, Bill in city of commerce, California. We'll get to your email next week. I promise you, uh, let's go to Tom in Miami. He says, dear Jerry and Henry, as far as rookies go this year, which receiver would you take first in a pre NFL draft dynasty draft Devonte Smith? or Jamar Chase. Tom in Miami, we thank you for your email. And this is interesting, Farrell, because if you're drafting in a dynasty startup um, mm-hmm. and, and it's before the NFL draft, you don't know where Smith is landing. You don't know where Chase is landing. So this comes down to basically being, um, who do you like better as a, a, a fantasy football player? Do you like Smith better or do you like Chase? Either way, you can't go wrong with the SEC, but you got to pick one for this email right here. Which way would you go on this, Farrell? This is an impossible question. It's, it's, it's like it's a trick question because there's no right answer. Uh, right. I love Chase is a bit more of a physical player, so you can make the argument that he's less of an injury risk. Uh, Smith is, uh, and they're both so talented. Smith is an elusive player, and you know those guys, uh, small as he is in stature. Those are the kind of guys that know how to avoid certain hits. You know, that they have the ability of their body to control it and, and to make sure that despite being 170 pounds, he doesn't get his head taken off. Just, these are such great. You can't make a mistake here. And so you, you should spend, I guess I should say, you should spend your time evaluating other players and, and know you're going to come up winners with whatever one of these guys you get. I uh, I always come up a winner every time I get done um, at about 10 o'clock central time on a Friday night hosting this show with you because it's always I learn so much from the guest. I get so much insight from you, and I feel like I'm a better fantasy player for it, Farrell. We will all check out um, all the leagues at kffsc.com. In fact, I, I know I said this last week, and then I got bombarded with fantasy baseball auctions. Those are over with now. I got to get in. I know I'm signed up for Run to Daylight. <clears throat> Beg you. Excuse me. I know I'm signed up for Run to Daylight. I got to get in another draft master at Kentucky. Um, can't wait to do that again, and I uh, can't wait to talk to you again right on these airwaves next Friday, dude. Have a great holiday weekend, and we'll talk to you again next week, man. Thank you, Bob. Farrell Elliott, ladies and gentlemen, you follow him on Twitter at jfarrellelliott.com. Remember to check out the Kentucky Fantasy Football uh, State Championship at kffsc.com. Plenty of the guys in the chat room right now participating in that. Tupacker, Dizzle, Kern, uh, Hudson Kern-Reeve, myself. Um, You want to get in a league with us, definitely check that out. kffsc.com, Draftmasters filling. And, of course, the run to daylight, the classics, the main event. It's all going on. You want to draft live, they got uh, events going on in Cincinnati and Louisville coming this August, which is just a few months away, people. It's, it's creeping up on us. I want to thank Andy Brown. What a tremendous guest he was as far as Dynasty Fantasy Football goes. Got some good rookie insight from him tonight. Got some good player evaluation from him tonight uh, as far as who you should be dealing, who you should be trading for, and who you should be targeting and fading in your Dynasty startups as well. Thank Farrell Elliott, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you. Now, Next Friday, we will be back on the air at 10, 9 Central once again. Our guest next week, Dynasty Champ, Football Guys Champ, Best Ball Champ, Joe Van Gogh will be our guest next week. Can't wait to talk to him, pick his brain. We'll get uh, a lot of great early best ball stuff from him. We'll get a lot of good Dynasty stuff from him, sort of the best of both worlds, as we are inching, creeping, really racing towards the NFL draft coming up at the end of the month here. Remember, register for Best Ball Leagues and Dynasty Orphans today. Those Dynasty Orphans, quite frankly, could be sold out by now. Dizzle would be able to tell us that. Um, but Dynasty Startups going on. And don't, uh, don't forget to check out the uh, new Rotoviz uh, Triflex Superflex Dynasty Leagues that we got going on. Brand new format for the FFPC this year. And a lot of good feedback on it, too. So if you want to get on something that's brand new, that everybody seems to like, Triflex Superflex Dynasty League. Get in on the Dynasty Startup 2021 Football Guys early bird going on, as well as the main event early bird. Save $100 right now 
KFFSC Run to Daylight competition as well. Your Easter and Passover weekend starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and heard around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. I want to thank Frederick the Younger for our outro music tonight. You can check out all their music at frederickthejounger.com. Guys, what a tremendous chat room we had tonight. If you want to participate in it next week, remember, blogtalkradio.com slash HSFF. You can hang out with the Dizzle, Tupacker, Jake Valish, uh, of course, Wasp Guy as well, hanging out in there. Uh, what a tremendous, uh, tremendous show uh, with Andy Brown tonight. Um, can't thank him enough for coming on. Joe Van Gogh next week is going to be a doozy as well. You don't want to miss that. Hope everybody has a great Passover. Hope everybody has a very happy Easter. Enjoy the college basketball this weekend, and we'll talk to you next week with plenty of dynasty, fantasy, football, and best ball to talk about. We'll talk to you then. Thanks so much.